This podcast is produced by Unedited. The Songwriters Podcast is in association with the Ivers Academy and PRS for Music M Magazine. My name's Louise Golby. I'm an independent artist and I've been writing and performing my own music for quite a while now. As a songwriter myself, I'm very interested in the art of songwriting, how song ideas come about, what triggers certain lyrics, or how a melody or musical idea is started. In this series, I've interviewed some of the UK's leading songwriters and artists, discussing their songwriting techniques and stories behind their biggest songs and collaborations. My guests have written tracks for the likes of Stevie Wonder, Tina Turner and Cher, as well as receiving MBEs, Grammys, Ivan Novellos and number one singles for their work. My guest for this episode has written global hits and multiple UK top 10 singles for some of the biggest UK artists in the last decade. Her writing credits include artists such as Tom Grennan, Jess Glynn, Clean Bandit, Anne-Marie, Louis Tomlinson, BB Rexa, Galantis and Little Mix to name a few. She is the only female member of the Manchester-based songwriting collective called The Six and she was named one of PRS's top 100 most successful female songwriters in the UK in 2020. She has recently been working on tracks with the likes of Freya Ridings, David Guetta, Griff and Becky Hill and is currently working with Will I Am's right-hand man Johnny Goldstein, writing tracks for American artists such as Jason Derulo. I am absolutely thrilled to have had the opportunity to interview Sarah Baby Blanchard about her songwriting journey so far and find out some more about the big songs she is behind. I opened with the question I have been asking all of my guests. If I was to introduce you with just one song, what would it be? Oh, you got the feeling that I want to feel Oh, you got the feeling that I know is real, real, real It's in the way you look, it's in the way you love And I can see that this is real so I chose this song because it was basically the the reason that I b- became a songwriter. Um, it was one of the first songs that I'd, I'd written. At the time, I was working as a, a therapist and my hu- now husband, boyfriend at the time, had an idea for a song and said, oh, you know, you're, you're quite good at uh, poetry would you like to like help me with the lyrics because I don't know how to write lyrics and I was like sure why not and um yeah and then I just helped him with the chorus lyric and um some other bits in the song and then it became this big thing and I was like oh my god I'm a songwriter and had to quit my job and it was it was quite crazy really because I kept telling people like you know in my family and uh my friends and co-workers and they were all like oh yeah sure like you got a song coming out whatever and then it went to like number two and it was like everyone was just like oh my god Sarah's famous now and I was like no no that's not how it works but yeah that was my kind of like my way into songwriting so I thought why not choose that I think that's the one I'm well known for in in the industry and like with with everyone like in my family and stuff so I thought that was a nice one to pick Real Love is a song by electronic dance group Clean Bandit and singer-songwriter Jess Glynn it was released on the 16th of November 2014 as a joint single and the two had previously collaborated on the song Rather Be the song reached number two in UK single charts and number one in the UK dance chart 
hang on, was your boyfriend part of Clean Bandit or the writing team? How did it all come about? He was, um, so he was in another band and then he decided just to start writing um, pop music because he'd always wanted to do it after the band sort of went their separate ways. And he, um, I think he, like, he'd still had his connections through his publisher and things like that um, through his old band. So, because they were signed to La Polidor or, and like someone, he was linked to someone at Universal publishing and that's how it kind of went through um but I think they they originally wrote the song like we wrote the song over like a different beat like another top line for some random thing and then it got taken from that and used and uh reproduced and so with the lyrics do you remember where the lyric idea came from did they have an idea of like was there a title for the song and you kind of wrote around that or was it literally all from scratch when you got involved it was from scratch yeah so i think rick had like um something about touch and i was like oh no 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 touch 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 and i was like how how about we try real 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 love and i think i'd had some sort of like i have like loads of notebooks everywhere and they've just got random scribbly writing in and i remember thinking i think i think i got it from one of the notepads that i'd written random stuff in for no reason and i just thought oh that would sound good and so the melody was the melody already written then so so uh, rick my husband had written the melody and um, he had like the lyric with a different thing or like an example lyric. And then we kind of, we did it sort of after that. So he wrote the melody. And then we got like, so he had that refrain, like chorus thing. And then I think went to like other songwriters as well to help finish it. So there was like other people involved as well. Like, And then I think like Jess Glynn came up to Manchester and they did another session on it with her. I didn't go to that because I was still working at the time and I was just like at work and they were doing it like all this other stuff like she was getting the vocal in and like helping like with bits of the song and stuff it was very exciting. Was Jess Glynn always involved from the beginning did you know the song was for her when you were writing the lyrics with your boyfriend? No it wasn't um it wasn't meant for her it was just a random sort of uh, dance top line and um Rick's publisher had played it to Jess's A&R. Then they wanted Jess to record it. And then Clean Bandit came on a bit later as well and got involved a bit later. So it was just a random idea. Wow. Yeah. That's so great, isn't it? Because you just never know. And how great that your boyfriend was connected with the right people as well at the time. And once it was written and, and ready, like when you heard the finished production. Yeah. Do you think you could have predicted how successful it was going to be? No, I didn't have a clue, to be honest, because um, I didn't really know anything about how, like, the journey of a song or what was going to happen to it. It was just kind of like, oh, I'll just do this and it'll be fun. And it did become quite big and it was really fun to see it. Like, you know, the video on TV and stuff like hearing it on the radio for the first time. It was just an amazing feeling, really. And we went we went to see um, Jess perform. I can't remember what festival. It might have been Parklife, but I'm not 
100% sure on that. But it was a few years ago in Manchester and the six all went down and seeing her perform it live, it was just like, wow, so cool. Yeah. And did the audience already know the song? Yeah. Yeah, that was like a bit later on. So it was so cool to just hear it and then be in in like part of the crowd and next to someone who didn't have a clue you know that you'd written this song and it was like whoa it was so fun it must be amazing to yeah hear strangers next to you just singing your lyrics yeah and, um, it was it was really crazy I was like what is my life clean bandit got involved a bit later on so how much involvement did they have more in the production side of it and the instrumentation yeah I think they did like the the production because um, that the the guy from Clean Bandit, I think he's called Jack's really talented, and I think um, there was another guy called Star Smith who you might have come across. Um, he did some additional production on it as well. Um, so yeah, they just like Clean Bandited it, really. I guess if yeah, you, gave if it you know the Clean Bandit mean. sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and was Jess involved in? Did she? get involved in some of the lyrics as in tweaking some of the stuff that you did or was it um she did actually she did it um with her so Jess has her go-to writers and Jinjin was one of those writers and her and Jinjin did some tweaks on the lyrics that were already there and it all made it better so it was great to have like all those people involved really but you know the fact that you had the initial ideas like none of their bits would have come if it wasn't for what you'd already written you know so it all stems from your lyrics. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Do you wish you could have had a session when you were actually in the room with Jess and Jin Jin or was it, were you quite kind of okay with like just letting them go for it without yeah, you? Yeah, no, it was, it, I, I was fine. I didn't really know at the time what was happening. I was just like, oh, people are doing stuff. I, I, I wasn't even really in the industry. So I just, I just like sort of were like, oh, people are working on the song. And I was like, great, like that's, sounds positive it's fine it was good is there anything that else that you remember about um the songwriting process that you feel like was quite significant to the song I do remember that like I think we had a few sessions on it like it wasn't as in not sessions but like we we didn't just write it in one sitting and um it was snapshots of little ideas from people so like Cleo Ty came in and we did like the verses and stuff with her and then like um other bits and then Rob Harvey um did a session with Rick and they did like some really strong parts of the melody in the song and it it all just kind of came together like in different stages so it wasn't just like here's a melody and lyrics and that's it and off you go it was kind of like broken down into little pieces and then put together that makes wow. any sense yeah a lot of back and forth but yeah also exactly just yeah very, very I mean it's a very collaborative song isn't it if you think yeah about it, so many people involved in yeah definitely and I think those I think when you look at like the successful songs not always but at the moment there seems to be a lot of um writers involved and like people collaborating and I think it's just really positive thing for me it is anyway because I think um it's just nice to work with people isn't it it's nice to not have to do it all by yourself definitely and just have that 
constant opinion and stuff because yeah I don't know, like when I'm writing you don't know if an idea is any good it's so it's quite nice to have someone to say does this sound okay or exactly you know. you're bouncing off that person all the time or people and also just like making it the best it can be like without those other people the initial idea wouldn't have gone anywhere so you know that I think like are oh, the more the merrier for me personally but you know there's people out there like Calvin Harris who can just like write the whole thing himself like, you know, produce it, write the lyrics, write the melody and then just give it to Rihanna to sing. But it's a different breed of person, that, isn't it? <laughs> Before we talk about your other big songs, I want to go back... Well, we actually, I guess we have talked about the beginning. Was that actually the very first song lyric you wrote? I know you said you wrote poems, but would you say then were there other songs that you'd written before that, which is why your boyfriend said, I think Sarah can do this one that I'm working on? It was... Definitely one of the first ones because I remember just helping with the the kind of core idea and being like, oh, why don't you try this? Not knowing really what I was doing. And, there, and I think like at the beginning, it, it was more um, sort of just me giving my opinion on, on things that like um, my partner would come and say, oh, I've got this. Is this lyric good? And I'd be like, yeah, or like... I don't know, I think it's a bit weird or something. So that was like what happened kind of before leading up to that point, I would say. It was more just like getting my opinion. And I think he was just like, oh, just like help me because he doesn't do lyrics really. Like he knows what lyrics are good, but he doesn't have that side to him. So he was just like, I need to get a song through and I just need anyone to help me. And I was the one. So you, you actually met completely outside of music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's changed my whole career, which is great, yeah. I presume he's obviously part of the six then. Is he like the f the founding member? He's the founding member, yeah. These are all his synths behind me and things like that. It's not my, I'm not, you know, I'm not that uh, geeky on, on stuff like that as um, some people are. But yeah, he's the founding member and he also runs like a publishing company and um, he's got management company and stuff, so... Um, the whole yeah, thing. Yes, it's, it's it's great. I've just. What's it like being part of a, a collective? How did the other members get involved? Oh, it's great. I love it. I think it's uh, it makes music less songwriting. I would say probably more so. It makes it less lonely because you're not going round completely on your own, like hoping that like you you know you get in the right sessions or you meet people that you click with like we already all get on and we can show each other ideas and we can bounce off each other like we were saying before and Rick basically um my my uh, partner Rick he he went into um Leeds College of Music and sort of scouted the the guys who were in the six which was at the time it was Cleo Ty, Pablo, Bowman and Danny Rick just went in and thought that the guys were really good and they, they were like kind of a little crew and working together. And it kind of just happened from there, really. And we all started to just write out of uh, the studio and we just all got on really well and musically and personality-wise, I suppose. Do you 
always write together? So when you, or do you do separate stuff as well? Or are you always like, well, if you want me, you have to have all of us type thing? Or is it not quite like that? Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. It, it like In the beginning, we did so much stuff together. And it was like, we weren't a closed group, but we were like all learning so much at the beginning from Rick and just from like doing sessions. And we would have artists or DJs sort of come up to the studio and then we'd kind of split off and it'd be like a couple of us in one room and a couple in the other and just like the producer or the DJ artist and then after some time we'd split off and we'd we'd go into sessions together but people would ask for certain people so certain members like if me and Cleo for example would be asked to go into like oh well, the girls would be great on this Little Mix project or this DJ would really love Cleo's voice on this or like, you know, like Rick and Rob would do stuff. Then eventually when we started to like branch out a bit more, everyone just started doing their own thing, which is great. And like, we just can do whatever we want and we can come together, we can do it separately. Everyone has their own vibe, like everyone's different and different styles. Yeah, so it's all different really. It just depends on what people are looking for as well. And do you think within the collective, everyone almost, when you are working together, do you all kind of stick to your roles? Like you always do the lyrics and Rick often does the melodies and, or do you all kind of dip in and out of different roles? It's, the, it's I would say that we're definitely dipping in and out of things and we've got our roles and we know, what's great is we all know each other so well that we know the strengths in the group. So when you go into a session, you don't know someone else's strengths. Like you don't know if they're going to be good at singing or lyrics or chords or like just ideas or vibe or whatever. But with us guys, we know and we trust each other. And like if Pablo and Rick come up with this uh, a melody, I'm going to uh, like for a chorus, I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I think that's great. Because like not always I can tell them when it's when I think it's bad. But I and then they'll trust me to say like, what about this lyric to that? And they'll be like, you know, it, it is nice to have that because you know that we do have our roles. But yeah, we dip in and out. We dip in and out of things, to be honest. Yeah. So do you write melodies as well? Yeah, sometimes. I've grown, I think I was quite shy at first about it because I wasn't from a musical background. But like, um, it's being around it so much, soaking up everything else that the other guys are doing, it's just gonna happen and it comes out and you know I'll I'll uh I'll do it when I feel like it's good enough or like it's needed but I don't have to like I feel like I don't have to do it to just prove something as well if that makes sense absolutely so do you when you have done that do you do you sing on the demos if you if you're writing for an artist do you sing your ideas on the official demo no, I don't actually. I don't want. I don't do vocals just because it's not really the background I'm from, and I'm usually surrounded by amazing vocalists. So I'm like, oh, I don't have to do that. Um, but it will be something that I'm going to start doing. I think, um, just because I think, as I've grown and I've learned and done new things, I think just having that and ability to do sing down my ideas is it's it, it will have an advantage to it yeah exactly so I guess as well with like the rhythm of lyrics you might write it but until someone hears it they might not know how you're you're thinking of fitting it into that melody or whatever so yeah definitely yeah. 
Yo, you say you know me, know me well But these days I don't even know myself, no I always thought I'd be with someone else I thought I would own the way I felt, yeah I call you but you never even can we talk about some of your other big songs you've been involved with? The B.B. Rexa, Louis Tomlinson duet, Back to You, massive song. Yes. So do you remember how that song lyric idea came about and how collaborative that was, the process? Yes, yeah, so this song was a song I just got involved in at the very last stages. So I can't take complete credit. Well, I can't take m- most of the credit. But um, so Pablo and Rick work with a guy called Digital Farm Animals, um, Nick, who's extremely talented. And they wrote this song. God, I think they were trying to write a song for Noah Cyrus or someone like that when they originally wrote it. Um, and they had most of the song done and brought it back had a few lyrics missing and I just kind of went over the lyrics with a fine tooth comb, I guess, and had some suggestions and they took, um, yeah, some of the suggestions and and put it in. So it was mainly done already, that song. Um, I just, I I just feel like I kind of executively produced the lyrics, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they just like got my opinion on it and also like a little bit of help last minute. It was kind of like, I guess, how Jinjin and Jess at the end of Real Love like did a few tweaks and like helped out on that kind of level. But yeah, the guys the guys did most of the, the majority of the work on that. So, But the fact they came to you for the final decision makes, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And they trust, they trust my opinion and I... I obviously like to help out and get involved in any way I can. It was fun. So I guess it wasn't it wasn't always going to be a duet, but it works so well. Their voices just really blend, don't they? Yeah, I think it was pitched to them. I can't remember the exact journey of that song, but I think they were writing random. And then at some point, BB got involved. And, and I think timing is really important. And it's just a bit of luck with like people's campaigns and like whether they've got a gap and whether it suits them and yeah the whether the song speaks to them and all that but as well as like having the right you know the timing is just crazy it's just like always has to sync up with people's yeah so and what about the galantis song you were involved in writing their big hit love on me do you remember how that song came about i do remember that because that was me and rick rick went swimming and he was think he thought of the melody whilst he was swimming and ran back to the flat because we lived in Manchester Centre at that time and he he ran back to the flat and he'd recorded it on his phone and he came back and he was like I've got this hit melody and I need you to lyric it and I remember him playing it on the piano girl put your love on me because I won't let you down I won't let you down We'll be singing Girl, put some love on me I don't know why I sat and lyricked it so many times. I must have been done about 20 different versions and I was like, I just don't know what it should be. And I just sent them all to Rick and he like picked one out. And then, yeah, and then we went back into the studio and we right. got a singer-songwriter called Laura White. Oh, yes. She came uh, to the studio and we were going to get her to like, do the vocal and stuff and then she um she came up with like some extra 
sections but like they got taken out in the end but she still like helped us and like vocaled it so yeah she was on like the kind of collaborative process with that and her voice is just incredible isn't it so yeah she nailed that at what point were Galantis involved then I think maybe we just pitched it out and they were like yeah and it was probably a really stripped down version of what it is now and they did all the production and all the crazy like sounds that you hear in it and like the vocal stuff like afterwards so the lyric the title love on me was that from your initial lyric writing idea when, when yeah that's amazing. right yeah so what how did that come to you I don't know I was just like as I was saying before I had so many ideas for that and I, and I kept thinking it just needs to sound uplifting positive and like fit really well and tightly with the melody and I was like it needs to be simple and I just thought like put your love on me like just I don't know like let's just do this I can't remember thinking too much about it. It just kind of came out. Yeah, I love it because you're right. It's so simple, but it's also it's not really said, so it's it sticks out. It's a really re- memorable concept. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I was I was like, sometimes with with songs, I'm 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 thinking, oh, it just has to sound really good and like sing sing along. And other times, it's like you need to make this look really interesting and like people like go what you know but with mm. with with certain songs yeah the simplicity can be difficult and I think um I still struggle now to get that balance of like it's got to be interesting enough but it's like also got to be like s- millions of people got to understand it and listen to it and be like oh I get it yeah but like I've not heard it before or so it's it's a fine balance because you don't want to be like too generic but then you also need that yeah that simplicity so yeah it's interesting and I guess over time do you feel like you know the more you've been doing this you're you're just a bit more in tune with yeah that's the one rather than when you know when you first start out you're kind of like oh this could be good but now you are you a bit more like yeah this is it it's a really good question because I think in so many ways like at first when you start out you're quite like there's a nice naivety to like how you write and you're like I don't think you overthink it as much so I was kind of like oh this is great or whatever and this will do and then you learn more and more about like music and what people want and things change and then you start to like, I think you doubt yourself more the more you do it sometimes. It's weird. But like also you have the confidence to say, no, this is really good because you know you've you've done stuff before and you're like, you know it. So it's like, it's kind of, yeah. there's, there's kind of like both sides of like overthinking but also knowing you're striving for the best. So you're like, overthinking can be a good thing because you don't want to just do any old rubbish. Also, like when you first start and you're just like, well, whatever, if it's a bit throwaway, you move on to the next thing. So yeah, it's it's an interesting question because I think I'm both, I, I overthink and I have more of confidence. Well, I guess as well, obviously the bigger the artist, because you're, you know, the more successful you get, there's, you probably feel more pressure from do you like from labels or whatever to be like oh we need this lyric by this time or you're maybe it makes you overthink your decisions even more perhaps yeah but I think for me personally like it may it's um 
when I when I first started out, I didn't really. It sounds negative, but I mean it in a good way. Like I didn't care about getting a cut with Jesclyn or getting a cut with Little Mix. I was just writing music because it was like, oh, this is great, this is fun. And then the more I got in it, I was like, well, this is my job now. Like I need to get this. I would love to do this project, and I loved. It. And it meant more as time went on. And I think it means more now because. You're like, okay, right, I've done loads of stuff in the UK. I'd really like to, like, have something crossover in America. And then you put that extra pressure on yourself of, like, there's always the next level of something. And like you said, when artists get involved and you're, like, you're you're meant to be this amazing songwriter and you've got, like, stuff behind you to say, oh, you know, you've had these hits. Like, come on, like, give us another one kind of thing. And I think every songwriter probably feels a bit like that with the pressure of, like, following up the next hit I do want to talk about when you when you were a therapist because we need firstly I want I want to know when you're like do you know what I'm going to quit the job but I actually want to know I'm presuming your your therapy work do you think it's helped shape the way you think about lyrics and the way you know your mind works and obviously when you're writing with artists and they've got a bit of a brief do you think your therapy background kind of helps that I think Oh yeah, 100%. So for the first part of the question, yeah, I was working as a therapist for like such a little amount of time, but I was training for longer than I was working. So um, I did a degree in psychology and then I studied occupational therapy, but I was in sort of, I did mental health. So it was about rehabilitating people with mental health problems back into the community. So I only worked for six months as a therapist because we'd written the song as I was studying the real love song. And then it came out when I was still working. And then I got offered, excuse me, the publishing deal. And I just thought, well, I've got a publishing deal. I may as well do this for a bit. I mean, it was part of you a bit like, oh, I've just studied for ages for this. Should I be giving this up? Or were you just instinctively like, nah, this is a great opportunity? Yeah, the w- I was definitely torn. And I think my dad was like, oh, you've you've been in school your whole life, then education, and you've gone to this point, And now you're saying you want to write songs. And I think he was just a bit unsure. And But then, like, he knew he knew Rick and his personality and how, like, when Rick puts his mind to something, he makes it happen and he was, like, trusting him and, like, well, if he says you're good enough to do it as a job, then, like, I believe you. And then there was my side. I was like, ah, like, this has, like, been such a long journey for me to get to this job and, like, applying for jobs is hard and getting a proper job, like, my first job in my career as a therapist and then being like, oh. But it was, like, where I was working was quite tough and... I just I just spoke to like one of my best friends and she was like I always knew you were you were like destined to do something creative you're amazing blah 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 you should just do it like you can always go back to occupational therapy and like that you'll always be qualified and you know you might have to do a little bit of retraining but she said just take the opportunity and I just listened to her in my head and I remember where I was when I spoke to her and I thought yeah I'm gonna go for this and then just went for it but I'd worked in mental health for a long time. As I studied psychology, I was a support worker in mental health. And I think it really does help with lyrics and things because you just, you learn to listen to someone else's story. And I think 
when you're writing with an artist, it's so important that as a songwriter, you don't go in and want to tell your story. And I think like being able to do that is is a skill. I can understand, you know, what you're saying about your dad. Parents are like that though, aren't they? They kind of want the best for their children and probably were like, oh, because, you know, anything anything creative isn't stable or whatever. But your best friend was right. You could have always gone back to it. But how great that you took this chance and it's gone so well. And yeah, you are using your training in within your lyric writing. So it's all connected. It's true. And I think like... I think one of the things with songwriting is it is high risk, high reward. And I know that sounds a bit cheesy, but like you have to take a risk and like quit your normal job or like that's not as easy for everyone to do. And I'm saying, you know, like don't, if you need to to work to support, you know, songwriting, do it. But I'm just saying like, I, I, when I was working as a therapist after work at like half four or five, I finished, I was in the studio every evening like going from work to the studio and doing sessions um, after work and then at the weekends as well sometimes. And, and, and that was just, you know, it, it wasn't just like, oh, off you go and dip, be really successful. It was, it was me. I was working like really hard to make sure that I knew that this was going to, you know, it was going to take off. Well, I'm glad you made that decision. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm glad to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you talked about being successful in the States as well. So BB Rexa, American artist, mm. obviously a lot of your songs have crossed over and done well in the States. So what was that feeling you got when you saw them charting in the American Billboard charts and the songs that you'd written? Yeah, crazy, really. And I think like I didn't really understand... It, it, it it's it's massive isn't it really and it, it's never really fully even hit me now like I'm like oh yeah that's cool it's it's strange it's a strange feeling I think because you're not there and you're not like in that place it doesn't feel real yeah whereas like when when like you hear and you hear your song on the radio it's like oh yeah yeah this is this is actually happening now um yeah, yeah. but uh yeah just just crazy I, I just can't it, it's just like a dream come true to be honest is it amazing like going into a shop and hearing a song or being in a in a bar and I love it do you know what I really love though more like and this is gonna sound really cheesy but I love it when I hear like other people's songs that I'm friends with that I know I'm just like oh yeah they're smashing it and I've like been rooting for you for a while and like my friend Sakima just wrote this massive banger for like um, Regard and Troy Savan. And I hear it on the radio, now it's called You. And I'm like, yes. And like, I just feel so elated because I'm like, sometimes it's easier to be like happier for other people, isn't it? But like, I just feel like, oh. And like when Pablo's music comes on and I'm, I'm always like in the car just going, yeah, like I know Pablo, this is great. And like, it's just so much fun to have like people, just other people as well. Like you said, when you go to the shop and you hear someone and you're like, oh my God, like Camille's, oh, well, Camille's everywhere to be fair. But every time I was like, oh, I know Camille, like she wrote this one. And I really want to just tell everyone like my friend wrote this, but I just, just 
secretly inside go, oh, isn't that cool? Like, she's doing amazing and I just love it. Do you think your family, though, when they hear one of your songs are, like, telling everyone around them, this is our daughter? I don't know. I, I feel like they would, but I think they like to pick and choose, like... Do you ever get nervous? So when you have been put into a session with an artist and obviously, you know, the more successful you've got, the bigger the artist, have you ever felt nervous? Like, were you in the room with Little Mix and were you nervous when you did that session? Yeah, so we wrote a song on the album that was a long process, but I did a session before that song, I think, and that was with three of the girls and it was with TMS. And they're they're like a production outfit, and they're just amazing. Like they they they're really great. Three guys in London, and they've done like like Lewis Capaldi, and I mean they've done so much stuff. Um, I was quite nervous for that because there was a lot of people in the room, and I think when there's so many people in the room, I'm like, how am I gonna how am I gonna get the best out? How's everyone gonna get the best out of everyone and get the best song and like. And and you kind of start questioning, is it just go in and like make friends with them and be pos- like have a good relationship with them, forget about the music for now, just get a good relationship going because if you're in with them once and you get a good relationship, you might be able to get in again and then the music will come later. Or is it, oh, this is my only chance, I need to get the best song ever and like it it it's it's quite it's quite a lot of um pressure. But I felt a little bit, I felt a little bit nervous, but also Little Mix are just so nice. Like they're just such like down to earth, friendly girls that I was just like, oh, I just could chat to them about anything and they're really fun. Is there anyone else you're working with that you can tell us about? Oh, well, I've been doing some stuff with Tom Grennan. He's so nice. He's great. I love working with him in the room. He's really talented and he's just funny and he's just a lad and he's just down to earth and he's really sweet because he's like just writing at the moment and um yeah I'm hoping to like do some more stuff with him how do you find it writing for male artists as opposed to female do you do you change your kind of outlook in the way you're writing the lyrics I love it really because I just I try not to think too much about the gender I know that sounds politically correct but it it just it means that anyone can listen to it, whether a guy or a girl is singing it. Yeah. So I'm just like, whatever person is singing and whoever, whatever per- whoever is listening, it's like, you can relate to it. So that's, yeah. No, I di- and I, I sometimes just change the way that I maybe present myself in the session rather than the content of what I'm writing about, if that makes any sense. With working with a male artist, what I actually tend to do is try and like poke at their like vulnerable kind of side that's like they would only express to a maybe only express to a female. Maybe. So like if they're with a group of lads and they're writing a song, they might be like, oh blah blah blah. But like I think like my thing is like pulling a bit of that emotional, vulnerable side out, which is like what everyone wants to know about, really. And there's your therapy side, you see? Exactly. Do you ever write a song really, really quickly now when you're a bit more confident? Like, is there a session where you've got, right, with these are the lyrics and they stay? Or is it always often a bit of a slow process and back and forth? It's honestly just totally depends on who you're working with. Because pe- some people are, like, quite 
slow and want to get it right and and take the time and other people just want to fire it out and it's like really quick and then that will just depend on the the artist or the other songwriters like with me Rick and Pablo we can work on songs for months and be like refining and redoing and then I'll work with another person and we'll just go blah blah blah, blah and it'll be like all done I think I'm I'm a, a lot better than I was in the beginning in terms of like I, I didn't have the same view as I do now of pop music whereas at the beginning I I wasn't into pop music when I got into pop music so I listened to like alternative music I guess and like indie stuff and I always had this view that pop music was a bit you know easy and and now I see it completely differently so I'm like it's actually like really complex to have an idea that's simple and can speak to so many people at once and like I love it and I think it's such an art like the the art of it and like the way that it's like crafted over time and things like now knowing other songwriters and their processes and stuff and it's just it's fascinating and I think like I'm better now in my craft I guess um because I know that it's not just, you can't just throw anything out and hope for the best. Like, that's not how pop music's written. It's written with a lot of thought and, like, a lot of people gathering ideas along over periods of time that they might keep stored in the back of their mind and they're like, I want to get that perfect thing for that. And I think, yeah, and I think that's helped me refine my sort of writing and I know, like, my strengths and weaknesses you can only get that from just writing a million songs. Are there any songs that are out there that you've written that you actually are like not keen or like a bit like cringe because you're like, oh, I didn't actually like that lyric? 100%. Yeah, like I've done stuff and I'm like, why has that person even released that? Like, you know, it's not great. But I think they're all part of the the journey, aren't they, in a way, without sounding too corny. Have you ever been influenced socially or politically with lyrics or been given a brief that has been something quite specific like that for an artist? Yeah, I guess just being a female songwriter, just being a woman in music or whatever, it's, it's kind of, it's not political, but it's kind of, you know, you've got these things behind you that are always going to be a bit like, well, I want to say something about this or I'm going to you know, try this or do that. And I think, like, there's not been specific briefs, but when you work with someone, you might have, like, this has to be, you know, an empowerment song or we don't want anything like X because that's not what we're about, you know, as an artist. But I think people are quite, generally, they kind of shy away from that in pop because I think people want an escapism that's not that like in in the kind of last year and with the lockdown and everything people just wanted something that like listened to that was like bringing them joy it definitely impacts subtly on um like the musical landscape and stuff I think but it just also is like not direct it's never directly about something are there any artists that you would love to write for ah yeah like Oh, it's really difficult because there's stuff that I would love to do that, like, I don't think I'm, like, is specifically my style. It's such a hard question. The people I'd like to write for, like, wouldn't 
probably collab with other people. Like Coldplay, for example. If I had a massive Coldplay tune, that would be great. And I think, I, like, stylistically, that would be, you know, my thing. But then also, like, I'm like, well, a Post Malone song would be also amazing. I think there's so, so many I just would love to, to like, get involved in. Let's talk about the fact you are you were in PRS's top 100 most successful female songwriters last year. How did that make you feel? How does all these amazing moments make you feel? I've never really had anything like that before. And it was like, oh, I'm on a list with like amazing other people. And it like kind of, I didn't really realise the level of it. It's so nice to just have a little tiny bit of acknowledgement and just feel like, oh, right, something's working and, and it just, it was just incredible, really. I was like, oh my God, have they got this wrong? Like, this this is just, like, unbelievable. Just, just feels good. Yeah, it's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we talked about, a, you know, a song that you might cringe at when you hear, but what what's the song or lyric that you're most proud of? I wrote a song, right, on a trip, a random trip in LA with... Um, a Swedish artist called Felix Sandman. And we wrote this song called La Visa and it was about his ex-girlfriend. And I just lo- I just loved right I just love that song. Like it's it it's done I think it's gold gone gold in Sweden, maybe. Felix is like the best. I love working with him. He's just like super talented, very down to earth for his age and like how talented he is we just had the best time and like we just kind of really crafted the song and it just felt really real and authentic. What was the moment that you felt, yes, I'm a songwriter? Wow, that's a really good question and I don't know if I did for a long time because I felt I felt very much, oh, I'm just winging this and there came a point where I had to accept that I was good at it and say, no, you're not just doing this because Rick's helped you like he wouldn't you know yes he had a foot in the door but you have the talent to pursue it and if you didn't you wouldn't be doing it and I kept having to remind myself of that it's only probably the last few years I've been doing songwriting that I've really accepted myself because at first I wouldn't go into sessions alone I was quite frightened I wanted to be with a member of the team and I didn't consider myself as a you know songwriter on their own I was just part of the team and I think imposter syndrome is a real thing with a lot of songwriters to be honest and I still feel that now and again you go in and you think oh my god they're gonna catch me out because I'm rubbish but you know then another day you might be like I am that person (laughs) what is the one song that you wish you'd written Mm. this is such a hard question isn't it it is it's like almost impossible to answer like and there's so many songs I want to pick where it's like it's the obvious one but I I feel like when I think like why do I love lyrics I always think of Leonard Cohen and like his style I'm just in awe of it like really It's true that all the men you knew were dealers who said they were through with dealing every time you gave them shelter. I know that kind of man. It's hard to hold the hand of anyone who's reaching for the sky just to surrender. 
I just it just hits me like so I, I like his song called The Stranger Song and I just I remember it the first time I heard it and I just thought what how he tells a story of like with so many layers in it in one song I just I'm just blown away and the amount of times I can listen to it and be like whoa like I didn't think of it from this perspective or this angle and like listening to it in different moods and hearing different things and then I'm always going on YouTube and like seeing if he's singing it like oh I want to see it live and like in different in different situations and he plays the guitar and oh my god the guitar and it's just amazing and it's just emotion man he's just pure emotion that's just like oh just gets me and I think like he's got other songs obviously did hallelujah and I think he wrote that he wrote like so many different versions of that song. I think he wrote it like 200 times or something ridiculous. And he used to sing, every time he sang it live, he sang different lyrics. So it was the lyrics he kept changing. Oh, wow. Until he knew which one it was. And he kept adapting and changing it live so he could feel whether it was the right one. And I was just blown away. I was like, wow, like... I've been writing this little mix song for like six weeks and like he's just like going around. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, keep going. If you need to do this, you can do it. Leonard Cohen did it like so many times and it's like completely two different worlds and I understand that But um, and I'm not comparing myself to him but I'm just inspired by that creativity and like the drive to do that. It's incredible. If you'd like to know more about Sarah, please follow her Instagram page at babythe6 and please take a listen to our specially curated Spotify playlist of all the songs that she's worked on over the years. And if you'd like to know more about me, please go to louisegolby.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you've enjoyed it. This podcast is produced by Unedited.